Good morning and uh, welcome to our Facebook um, online church and it's so glad to have you all with us this morning and um, I want to greet you in the precious name of Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior and I trust that you and your families are, are doing well thus far and are keeping safe and I encourage you all to continue to pray especially during this this time where we have reached our peak in South Africa in terms of COVID-19 infections and um, the numbers are increasingly every day and uh, I hope that you are uh, committing the situation um, in prayer to God and uh, bringing your families and yourself under the guidance and protection provision of God and so um, we are certainly in uh, in times of uh, of uh, deep uh, uncertainty and uh, and trouble and tribulation but i encourage you to to remain strong in the lord and in his word and so um we uh, miss our family and um and and the the fellowship that we are uh, accustomed to and uh, but we trust and pray, pray that you are uh, continuing to listen to the messages on all our various platforms and uh, Caleb and Trinity would would give you further information after after the message and uh, well we close on to 450,000 infections in South Africa and uh, close to 6,000 deaths and so it is uh, tremendously important for you to continue to maintain uh, the necessary uh, protocols and, and precautions as you exit your home and uh, attend work. Well, one of the uh, fortunate things for us is that uh, the president has announced in this past week that schools will um, remain closed for the next four weeks so that uh, they can be protected and, um, and they can uh, deal with the infection rate and the virus appropriately so we don't have to unnecessarily expose our children. So pray uh, for the situation that uh, God will bring uh, uh, speedily an accelerated response uh, to this uh, COVID-19 and, um, and pray for our nation, uh, particularly South African government and uh, those that are in leadership to be able to wisely direct and maneuver us uh, out from the situation. So we pray uh, that God will give wise counsel to to our leadership, to our government, um, especially towards the uh, economic situation that we find ourselves in. Prior to, to, to the lockdown, uh, we were already heading on a disastrous path uh, economically uh, and politically. And, um, and so COVID has come and announced that, uh, that decline and deterioration uh, of our economy. But we pray that God will, will give us wise counsel, raise up, um, the men and women uh, that are adequately equipped. We're looking for robust and, um, and ethical and integral leaders to be able to lead our nation. So God will raise these men and women up at the appropriate time, but don't stop praying. I also want to greet our family and friends that are joining us uh, from all over South Africa um, and all over the world, those that are logging in and watching our videos and our messages, we thank you and appreciate you. Special welcome and uh, greetings this morning to 
uh, Satyam and Jyoti from India, our covenant partners and uh, family in India, and also a special family greeting to um, uh, to Leslie and Val Peterson in Cape Town, our covenant partners there in the kingdom. Well, this morning we're so glad that you're here, and even as we continue with this morning's message, I pray that you are blessed. Uh, we'll also partake of communion together later on after our message. Well, this morning, as you can see, I'm, um, I'm flying solo and um, we've had a, a, a bout of uh, the flu that has hit our home, but uh, we thank God for total healing. And so Leanne has been uh, incapacit incapacitated with, with the flu and cannot join us this morning. But I hope that you'll be blessed even as I share um, God's word to you. And we've been dealing with um, a message that I started about three weeks ago entitled The Bleating of Sheep. And we dealt with Saul's disobedience uh, to God and, um, and disobedience manifested in partial obedience. Uh, he was instructed by God through the prophet Samuel to completely obliterate and annihilate um, the city of um, uh, Amalek and King Ahag. And he refused to completely uh, fulfill the mandate and the task. And so God severely dealt with him. But what we are looking at in subsequent weeks is why did God severely deal with Saul when he disobeyed um, God in uh, not completely wiping out uh, the Amalekites and King Agag? And what is it? And we look at, at these um, messages in the Old Testament and um, these uh, historical recordings for us, not just as a story or, uh, or, or something nice to read, but these are, uh, these are messages and truths uh, that are deeply in, embedded within God's Word for us to extrapolate and apply to our lives in this season. So every scripture, every word is profitable for our use and so as we look at the Old Testament and we look at um, various nations and uh, various tribes and uh, people and places and locations uh, they are representations they are pictures they are typologies of what we can apply to our life today and the uh, we're dealing with in this in this series and uh, particularly today as well um, the nature of uh, an Amalek attack or the attack uh, of the Amalekites upon upon the nation of Israel and how we can uh, transfer that representation to us today. What is that metaphorical designation um, and meaning for us today to apply to our lives? And so we then learned that uh, the uh, Amalek was the grandson of Esau, so he is a descendant of Esau. And uh, we remember that Esau sold his birthright to his brother because he was weary and tired and for a bowl of soap. He gave up his birthright. He gave up his, his um, firstborn status and inheritance um, because he was weary. And this is, uh, you know, further uh, seen in the, in the nature of the descendants of that spirit, of that tribe. And so Amalek... Um, comes in at a time and he attacks the nation of Israel as they are exiting uh, Egypt. They, he attacks the rear flanks, the flanks 
um, of the straggling, uh, straggling ones, the ones at the rear, and you can read that in Deuteronomy chapter 25, and uh, he attacks the, the stragglers when you are tired and weary. Um, and so this is the nature, we started to deal with the nature of uh, Amalek, and, uh, and, and we realized that this spirit uh, speaks even today, it continues to be very visu uh, evident, uh, and manifests uh, itself in generations and generations. The Word of God declares that for generations to come uh, that you will have to deal with Amalek. And so Saul uh, refuses to deal sufficiently with this, with the Amalek uh, spirit and, uh, and the Amalek tribe and King Agag and his people and him begin to, to take all of the spoils and the good things that re remained in that city and refused to destroy it. So Amalek to us today uh, is a representation of a spirit that comes in to attack us when we are weak, when we are weary, when we are tired. And it can, we'll further now go into and develop this, this message as we look at various other scriptures as God leads us. And we're talking around the, the partial obedience and the attack um, by Amalek to us. So I want to continue this this week and um, and as we look at God's word uh, I want you to turn your attention to Exodus chapter 17 and reading from verses 1. Exodus chapter 17 and reading from verses 1. So the Bible tells us then all the congregation of the, of the children of Israel set out on their journey from the wilderness of sin according to the commandment of the Lord and camped in Rephidim but there was no water for the people to drink therefore the people contended with Moses and said give us water that we may drink so Moses said to them why do you contend with me why do you tempt the Lord and the people thirsted thirst for uh, therefore water and the people complained against Moses and said why is it have you brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst. So Moses cried out to the Lord saying, What shall I do with these people? They are almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said to Moses, Go on before the people and take with you some of the elders and also take your rod in your hand which you struck, uh, which, which you struck the river and go. And behold, I'll stand before you there on the rock in Horeb and you shall strike the rock and water will come out of it that the people may drink and Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel so he called the name of the place Massah and Meribah because the contention of the children of Israel and because they tempted the Lord saying is the Lord amongst us or not and the very next verse in verses 8 says, then, then came Amalek and fought with the Israel in Rephidim. Today I want to look at the meaning of Amalek, um, the actual root meaning of, of Amalek. And uh, we're going to further extrapolate some principles and, um, and uh, nature uh, from the meaning of his word and uh, look at the root and of the spirit and how it attacks us. 
and, uh, and how it applies to us today in our lives and how you can sufficiently deal with the spirit. So Amalek in Hebrew means or begins with the letter symbolizing the I. In Hebrew, uh, when you look at the root, uh, meaning the word or the name Amalek in Hebrew symbolizes the I. And in Gematria, uh, it has the same numerical value as the Hebrew word for safek, which means doubt. So it symbolizes the I. And in Gematria, as you define and deconstruct this word and this name, it means doubt. Therefore, Amalek represents to us the eye of doubt or spiritual blindness. The eye of doubt or spiritual blindness. And um, in the nation of Israel, as we've read, uh, has just come from a, a journey of, of manifest miracles they've just come from a journey of tremendous divine um, intervention of God as they as they exited uh, Egypt they were in bondage and under slavery uh, for many years and uh, and they have God uh, begins to deal with Egypt and uh, and now is the time is ripe the time is ready for them to to move to a place that that he has prepared and so he, he equips Moses and uh, Moses is um, equipped and uh, ordained to lead the nation of Israel. So they come from a journey and they come to this place at Rephidim. But prior to this uh, location, they've, they've come on a journey and they've seen God's manifest presence. They, they've seen the favor of God upon them whilst they were in, in Egypt when God turned the heart of, of Pharaoh and uh, they witnessed the parting of the Red Sea. They were recipients, even as they were in the wilderness, they were recipients of, of, of fresh manner, daily fresh manner. They experienced supernatural intervention and, um, and happenings even at night when God would provide them a pillar of fire. And um, they even go on further to to hear the voice of God, even in Mount Sinai. And uh, they come on this journey from Egypt towards Rephidim. And every, every day, they would experience God's manifest glory and presence. And they never lacked food. They never lacked water. Whenever there was in, in short supply of water, short supply of food, you'd find that God would intervene and he would provide for them daily daily manner and fresh fruit. So here you're seeing a people and a nation that is, that is witnessing, first-hand witness to supernatural blessings, supernatural breakthrough. And then, would you believe it that it would be no coincidence that right after walking out of a culture of miracles and, and breakthrough, coming out of, a, of an environment uh, of, of breakthrough and, and supernatural happenings. They come to a place in Rephidim where only to complain over the lack of water and even go to the extent and questioning whether God is with them. Okay? And whether Moses' uh, Moses's agenda is, is personal and political. They question the, the validity of Moses' calling, whether God spoke to him, after seeing and hearing and being eyewitnesses 
of manifest breakthroughs and blessings. This people, they come and they complain that you have brought us here to die. You brought us, you brought us and our families to, to be destroyed only for, for the lack of water, by thirst, to kill us by thirst. And um, with no coincidence, when that happens, then this moaning and groaning, the very next verse says, and that's the time that Amalek struck and comes to attack them. Right after their doubting. So you look at that in verses 17, uh, chapter 17, Exodus 17, verses 7, and you can read about them complaining. And in the very next verse, in verses 8, you find the Bible says that Amalek fought with Israel at Rephidim. So the characteristics of the spirit of Amalek comes in to attack you when you are filled with doubt. This spirit comes in when you are in doubt. You leave yourself open when you start doubting. The nation of Israel didn't have to question and they didn't question the, or doubt the existence of God. Um, they didn't question or doubt uh, you know, that, uh, that there is a God that uh, provides for them all the enemy all all that was in uh, they were complaining about at this point in time was that is god with us is god they were grumbling and complaining and moaning is he with us with us or is he didn't question the existence of god and um, and here you find that israel at this point in time and they witness and experience divine happenings, divine breakthrough in favor. But yet they were spiritually blind to perceive that God would surely provide for them yet again. They've come through a series, a series of, of seeing and experiencing God's hand. But yet they come to a place at Rephidim where they are too blind with doubt. Remember Amalek, um, is 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 the definition of his name Amalek is the eye of doubt of spiritual blindness doubt blinded their sight and their vision and therefore could not walk any further they stopped at Rephidim and complained you see I want to encourage you today and this morning that even as we are entering a a new season in God and a new season uh, of, of what you're going to experience in the next phase of your life uh, that is unfamiliar to you. We cannot move forward. We cannot enter into this new season with an ounce of doubt because once we are in that location of doubt to entertain doubt you're going to find that a spirit that is called Amalek will come to attack you remember that doubt is synonymous with a double-minded person the Bible says in James 1 6 but let him ask in faith with no doubting for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind, for let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded person, unstable 
in all his ways. So here you find the nation of Israel coming to a place and coming through a series and, and months and years of seeing God's hands move. They come to a place only to doubt and uh, full of unbelief and question the, the validity of, of Moses' call, question whether God is with them after seeing uh, many miracles and many blessings in their lives. So you must understand that when doubt settles in, it blinds your vision, blinds your sight. You aren't able to see. And um, the Bible is clear that we walk not by sight, but we walk by faith. So the inability to walk in faith is conducive to how you are going to perceive the things of God in the season and uh, how you're going to walk um, in this season as you enter into a new season. So we've coming as we've come out of our old life and our old normal and the old ways of life, as we're going into a into a time where God has prepared us, the moment we walk in and the moment we enter in and the moment we, we start to, to to do things again and return and God has, has, has asked us to do things differently. And uh, you may not, you're probably not going to see any situations going to get better. You're not going to see anything. The environment are not going to de- be, you know, de- be determined uh, uh, by, by what you see uh, in the physical, in the natural. And uh, the environment might speak something else. It might dictate something else. The, the economic situation might be might be uh, speaking uh, differently to what God has promised you. Uh, but you cannot walk into a newness. You cannot go into, into what God has called us by, by allowing uh, the seeds of doubt to settle in. And so here you find that the nation of Israel comes to a halt at Rephidim, complaining and moaning after seeing a series of blessings and breakthrough. So they could not walk further. And um, the nature of this spirit of Amalek, it is it attacks those at the rear flanks. Deuteronomy speaks of that. That those who are straggling behind, those who are at the rear end. Now let me tell you that in a journey and in a walk, um, and particularly in this uh, with the nation of Israel, um, in my opinion, uh, I, I believe that these stragglers and these these ones that were weary and tired were the ones doubting. Because whenever you, you consider a, a walk or a journey, whenever you consider something that as you're going together and forward, those that are normally at the back, those at the end are the ones that are the complainers. They lag behind. They're not in front. They do not stand with leaders in front. They, they do not join the crowd that are enthusiastic about moving towards, towards the finish. Uh, they don't have the passion to be at the front uh, because to be at the front uh, means that uh, you are passionate about, you are excited, uh, you want to see first where God is going. You're a, you're a pioneer, you're breaking through first. But the ones that are struggling, the ones that are weary and weak are tired. Why? Because doubt settles in. They question the authority of God. They question the validity of the leadership that God has placed in their lives. They question what is happening in the church. They question whether God has spoken to their pastor. They question, um, you know, is God moving uh, 
in this place or uh, is God moving with our leader and um, whenever they they are instructed and uh, to do things and to change um, things in their lives and given direction by by their spiritual leader you'll find uh, they question it whether really did God uh, speak through him and here you find a similar situation the nature the nation of Israel complaining and uh, they were ready to stone they were ready to kill Moses because of the doubt that settled in so a person that doubts is a double-minded person and that person is unstable in all his way you don't have to deny your belief in God you can still believe that God exists and that God is your God all the enemy does to defeat you and to distract you and derail you is so enough seeds in your mind to doubt whether God is in a move or is in what he's asked you to asked you to do or is he in with you what you're going through and um, and the ones that are lagging behind are the ones that are attacked so all you got to do is just question is just have unbelief in your heart doubt inhibits your progress doubt inhibits your progress you lag behind it is very unlikely to make you are very it is very unlikely to make progress and to go forward when you are tossed by the waves and the wind when you are tossed you are experiencing tremendous uh, you know, uh, turbulence and, and uh, the waves and the wind are, are, are comp- making you unstable. So you have, there's an inability to move in a forward direction. When you, when you have doubt, you are completely unstable in all your ways. ways. Your mind cannot make uh, proper decisions. And so you must realize that the moment you start doubting, doubting in, what, in God, I mean, we will have doubt in, in, you know, in many things on the earth. We doubt whether our government can take us you know, safely into the next season. We doubt our, our party, uh, you know, political parties we are affiliated to. You doubt even some of your, you know, your investments. And it's, it's natural to, to place doubt and unbelief and uh, you know, have an unsettling mind on natural things. But when you, for, when you doubt God, that is the time that you'll find yourself exposed to an Amalek attack. And so um, this is the nature of the spirit. So this is what Amalek means. And uh, this is the nature of the spirit. I want to turn your attention quickly to Genesis 27 as we further you know, delve and go into, into the spirit and uh, how, how, how do we deal with it in our, in our personal lives and, uh, and how uh, the spirit of doubt is associated with, this, with the spirit of Amalek and what further things are ex- experienced when you have an attack and when you experience um, this attack or when you, uh, how can you, 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 you know these things and, and be familiar with the characteristics of the spirit to avoid, to avoid this attack. And um, I just want to say at this time, uh, we may not be able to completely defeat many enemies in our lives but we are certainly we are certainly graced to overcome to overcome and have dominion over certain enemies so we may not defeat only jesus christ uh, the lord savior can completely destroy and at his coming 
and at his return, the Bible declares for us that uh, many enemies will be uh, defeated, will be destroyed. The man of sin, perdition, will be completely destroyed at his coming. Uh, but at his appearance, uh, at his manifestation, when we come around God's word, uh, when God, uh, God is revealed, he exposes, he exposes and reveals uh, these enemies. But at his physical coming, I believe God will destroy them completely. So whilst we cannot destroy these enemies and these spirits, uh, they, they are continually uh, perpetuated in generations. And so we have been given the authority to overcome and to have dominion over them. So you can have dominion over the spirit. And in the next season, you may have to deal with the spirit again. And but you are graced to have dominion over them. Uh, like we we see how David will uh, deal with these with these spirits. So Genesis twenty seven verses thirty, um, and I want to read this account quickly. And uh, as we go further into the the enemy of Amalek and the spirit of Amalek, so Genesis twenty seven verses thirty says Isaac finished giving his blessing, and as soon as Jacob left, his brother Esau came in hunting uh, from hunting. He also cooked some tasty food and took it to his father and he said, Please, father, sit up and eat some of the meat that I have brought you so that you can give me your blessing. Who are you? asked Isaac. Your older son, Esau, he said. And Isaac began to tremble and shake all over and he asked, Who was it then who killed an animal and brought it to me? I ate it just before you came. I gave him my final blessings and so it is. His forever. When Esau heard this, he cried out loudly and bitterly. He cried out loudly and bitterly and said, Give me your blessing also, Father. Isaac answered, Your brother came and deceived me. He has taken away your blessing. Esau said, This is the second time that he cheated me. No wonder his name is Jacob. And he took my rights as the firstborn son. And now he has taken away my blessing. Haven't you saved a blessing for me? And Isaac answered, I have already made him master over you. And I have made all his relatives his slaves. I have given him grain and wine. Now there is nothing that I can do for you, son. Esau continued to plead with his father. Do you have only one blessing, father? Bless me too, father. He began to cry. Then Isaac said to him, No dew from heaven for you. No fertile fields for you. You will live by your sword, but, but be your brother's slave. When you rebel, yet when you rebel, you will, re you will break away from his control. Remember that Amalek is a descendant of Esau. And the characteristics the nature of Amalek is directly linked and it is in the DNA, in his DNA, through the lineage of Esau. So you find that the spirit comes and attacks the nation of Israel at a place called Rephidim and at this place called Meribah, bitter waters. Remember Esau he cries out loudly and bitterly to his father. So he is full of bitter. He is full of anger and hatred because his brother Jacob 
who Esau himself sold his birthright to, comes in now and is replaced as the firstborn son. Remember, Esau is the one that sold his birthright. He sold his firstborn status in his inheritance to his brother. He gave it up. He gave up his spiritual status, his firstborn stat status for, for the natural. So here we find also that this spirit, this orphan spirit, walks by sight. But the firstborn spirit walks by faith. The orphan spirit walks by sight. The firstborn spirit, the spirit of the firstborn son, walks by faith. Amalek, we find, sells his, his, his birthright. He sells his first, firstborn status. He relinquishes his firstborn right and his privilege and his inheritance. Remember, I'm talking about Esau, but it is in the lineage, and the DNA that now will um, is is it will now manifest itself in Amalek, and, and and Esau cries and begs Isaac to bless him, but it was too late. Esau is his brother's slave. Esau is his brother's slave. The slave represents the flesh. The slave represents the carnal nature. The 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 slave represents the mindset that has not been redeemed that has not been born again. It represents every fleshly, worldly desire that is in you. It is the orphan spirit that is in you. Remember that we have been bought back. We've been adopted into sonship through the working and the manifest grace of Jesus Christ, the Lord Savior. But we still have to deal with the flesh that is in us, the old nature, uh, positionally, we are we are righteous and uh, we stand firm in the Lord. And uh, but there is a practical side to this, where we will always have to deal with the flesh, and this is that side. And so the spirit will always contend with the flesh. The spirit will always fight with the, and Amalek will always fight with Israel. Remember, Amalek came for Israel for no reason. The nation of Israel was heading towards the land called Canaan. They were heading towards the promised land. Amalek, for no reason, they had no reason to attack uh, Israel. They come in and they attack at the flanks for no reason. This represents that the nature in us, that flesh nature, that, that carnal and evil desire, that nature in us, will always contend will always fight, will always be at war with that spirit in us. So the orphan in you will always fight with the son in you. That slave, that slave in us, that flesh in us will always fight. That slave in you wants to dominate the sun in you. And so when you allow doubt to settle in, when you allow the wickedness of our flesh to overtake, you remember and remember that you are you are making yourself vulnerable for an Amalek spirit to attack you. Esau cries bitterly. 
Bitterness is a, is a thing that can create doubt. Unforgiveness can create doubt. That you can be doubting whether God can totally restore a situation. And these are the things we must guard against to be able to deal with an emerald. And doubting eye. The Bible says that if an eye is causing you to sin, you must pluck it out completely. And so God speaks to Saul and says, Saul, deal with Amalek completely. And in Saul's partial obedience, he is walking in disobedience and it upsets God. It angers God and Saul falls from grace because of his partial obedience. I want to remind you this morning that we have to deal with this enemy every day of our lives because it is a real enemy. Bitterness, unforgiveness, hatred, strife are things that can enter into your spirit and it can dominate the spirit man, dominate the sun in you. It can overcome the sun. It can be it can have dominion over you as the Son of God. And you have to learn how to deal with it every day. And I believe that through God's grace, through His Word, that He has given us the tools and the ability, the will, the spiritual will, to be able to sufficiently deal with the spirit called Amalek. That bitterness and that doubt, that unforgiveness, that ungratefulness, spirit of ungratefulness that was in the nation of Israel, it caused them to question, question God and question whether God is with them. That is an ungrateful spirit. Ungratefulness can wear, can tire you. Bitterness will tire you. Hatred and hang, anger will, will, will wear you down. And if you don't deal with it, you would be completely destroyed. You will fall from grace and you will walk in disgrace. Well, I want to leave that with you um, and consider these words, consider these, these scriptures as we are entering into a new season, as we are preparing ourselves to, to come to a place where God is calling us to, a new normal, uh, the newness in Him, the newness in God, the newness in our world, the newness in our nation, in our country, uh, and, uh, and embrace what God has prepared and planned for us uh, because I believe it's a mighty exciting time. But we are on the, on the verge of seeing tremendous breakthrough, tremendous workings and happenings of, uh, of God in a season like we've never seen before. Well, we're going to come to the table of 